welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. I still think of my guest today, James Bradfield Moody, as that cool young guy from ABC's New Inventors. You know, the one with the pierced eyebrow? But that really doesn't do him justice. Now, I'm going to have to read this next bit in the style of one of those political election ads, and you'll see why. Okay, here goes. James has been the Executive Director of Development at CSIRO, sat on the Advisory Council of the Australian Bureau of Statistics, was an Australian National Commissioner for UNESCO, a World Economic Forum Young Global Leader, has co-chaired the United Nations Environment Programme Youth Advisory Council, received his PhD in Innovation Theory from the Australian National University, was a Chief Systems Engineer for the Australian Satellite Fed sat, was Executive Secretary of the UN Task Force on Science and Technology from the Millennium Development Goals, and has held board positions with the Australian Government Bureau of Meteorology and the National Australia Day Council. Bloody hell. And I can assure you there's much, much more. But let's talk to the man himself. James Moody, thank you so much for joining the Flying Solo community. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me. Well, look, let I mean, wow, what a, what a, what a career you've had and what a career you're having. But maybe let's, um, let's get on to the, the current day. And, and the thing that I'd like to, to investigate with you is this, this whole notion of kind of making a difference while making a mm. living. So why don't we get a snapshot of your, your work today? Can you tell us a little bit about TwoShare and how that then kind of uh, evolves or cause another business to involve, uh, evolve? Yeah, absolutely, Robert. So, the, you know, TwoShare came from, uh, I guess, an insight that I had uh, about three years ago when I wrote a book called The Sixth Wave, which was all about how to succeed in a resource-limited world. And and the, the central tenet of the book, you might say, was that the, the waste equals opportunity, that at the moment around the world we have huge resources, huge stockpiles of things mm. uh, that are not seeing their full lifespan, that are not actually seeing the full value. And those things, and it was interesting, I had two young boys, at the, you know, I still have two young boys, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, it was just interesting. I, I think the number of the asset, the, the assets that we had in our family by weight doubled in the space of about a year and a half mm. when we had uh, our, our two boys. And it was, it was amazing how much stuff yes. we were going through. So you're literally, um, in, this, in this context, you're literally talking about stuff, the kind of things we have around us in our offices, around us in our lives, that our children have around us. That's, that's really what you're talking about. Absolutely. And, and it's really interesting. So because I'm a complete and utter nerd, mm. um, I, myself and a friend of mine, Kohei Nishiyama, who ended up being uh, my, my co-founder, my business partner, mm. um, we, we started doing an investigation of all this stuff which sits around in offices and in homes that's no longer being used. Mm. And it turns out that there's, there's four reasons for that, that it's no longer being used. It's either firstly life stage items, mm. so like kids' clothes or you change weight or whatever. Yep. Um, they're things like media, so books or DVDs or computer games, you've played it or you've read it and you're no longer going to do it again. Mm. Um, there are things like upgradables like mobile phones or sporting equipment or office equipment or kitchenware. Uh, or finally, there are things like fashion, so mm. a handbag that you know is indestructible but you just no longer <laughs> like the look of it. And, it. and it turns out there's 100 billion, 100 billion of these things that get sold around the world every year that oh, by their goodness. very nature are not going to see their first owner 
uh, their full lifespan under the first owner. Mm. And, and so we, and, and, and only about 5% is, is the research that we could find ever finds their way into a second pair of hands. Is that right? So all this stuff that we see <clears> sort of for sale on, you know, online eBay and places like that, it, it's, it's people are having a go at getting rid of it, but it, it just doesn't move. Tip of the iceberg. And, oh, okay. and what we identified was that uh, the really one of the main reasons why these items were not finding their, hands, their, their, their way into a second pair of hands is it was just too hard. Mm. We, we interviewed a lot of people. We did some, you know, research. And, 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 and so we, we identified the fact that, and if you think about it, what's that stuff competing with? Mm. You know, what is eBay and, and charity um, recycling and, and others all competing with? They're actually competing with the rubbish bin or mm. they're actually competing with apathy. Yeah, and we realised that that the real solution, or we we believed that the real solution was, was to to take say the bin experience. And you think about that, the the, the bin is not just a, you know, not just a piece of plastic. It's not a five dollar piece of plastic. It's actually mm. a five dollar piece of plastic connected to billions of dollars worth of infrastructure, mm. whose job it is to make sure that when you put the rubbish in the bin, you never get to see it again. And yeah, it's, okay. And it's really easy. And so we said, what would it look like if we could make reuse? So finding a new home for the, the, these particular items, what, we could, what would it look like if we made reuse as easy as the bin? Wow. And that was that was where we came up with our idea. So that for was a company that was your share. okay. So that was your that was your goal to make reuse as easy as the bin. Absolutely, and it's <laughs> fascinating that sometimes if you can find the right question, um, you know, and the right sort of, uh, I, I think they call this design thinking some, in some yeah, ways. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. can find the right uh, goal of where you're trying to get to. It starts answering a whole lot of other questions for you, mm. um, and so, for example, we said, well, if it's if it's got to be as easy as the bin, well, let's let's just make it giving. Mm. You know, there's a whole lot of ways for me to get an item that I've got. If, if you wanted it, Robert, mm. you know, um, we could I could sell it to you, or I could trade it, or you know, we could barter, or whatever it might be. But it turns out that that's all complicated, right? Mm. Selling, we've got to negotiate, and I've got to warrant it. You know, um, swapping, I've got to have something you want, and you're going to have something I want, and so. Yeah. So we simplified the whole thing and we just said, well, what would it be like if it was just giving? Just give it just, away. Just give it away for free, nothing expected in return. Wow. Just Okay, I'm going to just hold you there for a sec. So the business that you've created to answer this, and it, it's how, when did you actually start the business? When did it kind of go live? So we, well, we, we started working on it about just over two years ago now. Mm. Uh, and then we launched in December uh, 2013, so just a bit over a year ago. Okay, and it's called Two Share, so T U S H A R E, Two Share dot com. Two Share dot com, yes. Okay, Two Share dot com. So, how does it operate then? I mean, I'm just fast. I've had a look at it um, very briefly, but I, I'm going to I'm going to ask this as if I haven't. How does it <laughs> operate? You know, it's well. Yeah, the amazing thing is, so it's, it's very much. It, it's funny. We we realised that by making it about giving. Um, it had to be a lot more social. It had to be much more like a community. And so really, mm. TwoShare is a community where you, you get to see things that other people just want to find a new home for. Mm. You know, they'd love to, to make other people's days. So they put things onto TwoShare. Um, because it's about giving, it's, it's a lot easier. You just say, hi, I've got something to give away in, say, the Women's Hub um, or the Home and Garden Hub. Uh, and, and then somebody can request it and say, yes, I'd like that, um, I'd like that printer. Mm. Or I'd like that, um, you know, that shirt or whatever it might be. And so we, we realized that, and it's amazing, the spirit of generosity. Mm. And, and what's really fascinating about giving as well is that everybody is is very grateful as well. You know, you think about selling networks or otherwise, you know, how often do you get this really lovely thank you? 
Whereas mm. in, in <laughs> Tushare, we see this beautiful sort of generosity, gratitude cycle that mm. all of our members participate in. Wonderful. Because they're giving and getting things for free. All right. Well, look, um, we'll, we will do our, whatever we can to, to drive <laughs> the Flying Seller community over there to have a look at that. Because I know, and we, you know, we speak to obviously a lot of our community, and kind of office clutter is one of the things that can actually hold us back from moving forwards in our businesses. So, you know, for all those listening, here's an opportunity, end of the year coming up, you know, to clear some of that stuff. But so... This this project has been running for twelve months. I know you've got you've got a lot of traction. It is very social. Um, one thing, one question I've got to ask you is: Where do you make money? Where, where's the, where's the revenue in this? Well, well, this was the this was the bit the aha moment you might say for us because we, you know, as you can imagine, giving doesn't have a lot of money involved. No, um, no, and I, so, I found that out uh, myself. And, and we, you know, and we wanted for us it was all about that spirit of of generosity and gratitude. But the real the second thing about the bin, right, first of all, that you don't have to warrant anything you put in the bin, and that's mm. where giving came about. But the second one was that there is somebody who comes and picks it up. Right. And we realized that to, to really make a giving network work, uh, the main the main pain point, you might say, was actually getting the item from one person to mm. another. The logistics so, say, of the whole thing. The logistics of the whole thing. Mm. And and as we started to dig into that, we realized that, well, yes, on Touche, you can you can go to another person's place and pick it up for free, but even that takes time. Mm. Um, what we realized was that there was a there was a sort of a logistics model or, or a, a, a delivery mechanism, a delivery service that was missing. And and what that delivery service needs to be is is, is a bit different from from say lining up at the post office. It it, it has to be door to door because mm. you don't you know don't want to be waiting. And particularly if you're giving something away, you're not going to line up at the post office. Yeah. It had to be flexible about who pays so that the receiver could pay. Um, it had to be you know no labels, no label printing or anything like that because again that just that just takes time. Mm. Um, and so we started to realize that that here was an opportunity to have a giving network that was actually powered by a new form of delivery, a, a door-to-door, okay. peer-to-peer form of delivery. And it was, it was solving a major problem for this network. And, and at the same time, you might say, created our opportunity for revenue. Mm. But, and that, so but re- interestingly, yeah. that came as a second stage thing. Your first, your first driver was to, create, was to make a difference, was to create, find a solution to this issue of people having too much stuff. And then it's only then kind of after you've got into that that what what evolved was a, a monetization kind of opportunity. Yeah, they, it, it was interesting. We did definitely start from the purpose. And mm. I think um, there's a lot of you know research and evidence now that businesses which can have a very clear purpose, um, you know, they, they do very well because um, I think it's Simon Sinek who says mm. people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do what you do. Very much, and yep. you know, and and so for us, it was about a purpose, and having a clear purpose, which was to help things see their full lifespan. But interestingly, it was at the same time, what's the business model that we can have to align with that purpose, mm. such that the more we fulfil our purpose, uh, the more revenue we generate. And and for us, it was it was actually the delivery model was the thing that aligned with that purpose. You Fantastic. might say, where you know, the two shares business is almost the the. Inverse of Amazon's, you know, Amazon is trying to sell you lots of stuff mm. and then give away the delivery for free. Right. What we're trying to do is source things for free and then we charge for delivery. Okay, so that that basically, um, well, what what came out of that was a business called Sendle, S E N D L E. Sendle is the business that you've now created that will pick things up. The buyer or the receiver can pay. 
um, sorry, the, the person giving it away can pay or the receiver can pay. So you've, mm. you've, you've satisfied, and how's that going? Yeah, well, it was really fascinating. As we, as we built TrueShare, we, we started to talk with all the courier companies mm. um, and, and pointed out to them that a lot of them have idle capacity. Um, idle capacity sitting there with the trucks that are delivering lots of stuff to to houses, mm. to people, but but going back empty. Of course. I, I mean, I have got and, must have two or three vans coming down here every hour, I should think, down my street, yeah. dropping but not never picking up. And, and, and that's, you know, that's thanks to e-commerce. We, we mm. are delivering lots of stuff now to suburbs. And, and so we worked with some courier companies and said, well, what would it look like if we could be picking things up from, from the same places where you're dropping things off? Mm. And, and as I, you might say a year and a half later, we've now got some amazing partnerships with, with, with some companies. Um, it's a bit of a patchwork. You, you need to work with multiple companies to do it. But we can yeah. now actually deliver up to 10 kilograms in the same capital city, door to door for nine dollars seventy-five. Wow! And we can deliver um, ten kilograms between capital cities for seventeen dollars sixty. Mm. And and that's you know and, and the, our idea was just make it really simple, not no complicated pricing, you know, no, uh, you know, no having to worry about how much it's going to cost before you go there or anything. And and the fascinating thing was we built this for Two Share, but then we started to see people using the delivery service that Two Share had created. In order to send packages to each other, right? And um, so without you know, by, the two share connection. Well, well, they, at first they were doing it in two share, and we're going, right. "Hang on, this doesn't look like you're giving something away. It looks like you're sending something to your sister." Right. You know, <laughs> but um, but we realised at that point that we'd actually created, and we we worked so hard with the courier companies that that indeed the logistics piece mm. of the two share business itself was a business in its own right. Of course. And, and I'm guessing that that, that, doesn't, that hasn't taken you away from your, your original goal and objective of TwoShare by any means. It's just created, by the sounds of it, much greater viability for the, the kind of distribution engine that you've created. Absolutely. I mean, the purpose, and, and so the new business is called Sendle, as you yeah. said, S-E-N-D-L-E. Um, but the idea of that was absolutely to get things that matter to, to where they're going to make a difference. Mm. And, and for us, you know, the, the interesting thing about Sendle, it became basically, um, you know, we got the prices down to pretty much the same price as Australia Post. Right. So now we can do door-to-door delivery for the same price as Australia Post for everything over half a kilogram. Mm. And, and that service for us is, it's, it's all, it's, it's a slightly different service than TwoShare. TwoShare, you know, helps the environment, um, uh, you know, saves money and, and so on. What Sendle does is it saves time. It, 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 you know, why line up at a post office? Why spend lots of time faffing about, you know, trying to, um, you know, trying to get agreements or whatever it might be? Yep. Um, instead, with Sendle, you don't even need an account. You can just send a package straight away mm. um, and have it picked up by a courier and well, taken look, I, somewhere else. I, I just think for, for our community, you know, we know over 70% are working from a home base. And, you know, from my own personal experience, it, although I happen to quite... I happen to like the walk to the post office, <laughs> but uh, not every day I don't. And um, sometimes the time is very inconvenient because it's not just standing in the line at the post office. You've got to get there in the first place. Um, and it, it's a pain in the butt. So it's taking that away, which is true. So look, just I'm going to move back to, to, to you a little bit, the, the person behind mm. the business. You know, you're clearly someone, you know, when I went through your kind of intro, um, you've, you, you kind of haven't sat still for, for terribly long ever by the sounds of it. Um, you love making things happen. What drives you? Where does this come from? 
I think if I if I was to try to summarise it, I, I, um, I learned some great stuff at CSIRO actually, and it helped me articulate what drives me. And, and mm. CSIRO was very similar. It, I think the word impact right. is sort of sums it up. I'm 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 driven. I want to have positive impact in the world, and and I'm sure most of the, a lot of people who are listening, you know, are actually driven by similar things. I think that's mm. one of the things that that drives us to to go and found a company or or change you know, um, uh, change the way we're living or whatever. It's actually to have a positive impact in, mm. in, in some area. And for me, you know, the process of being able to articulate the impact I want to have, whether it's, you know, just helping an individual, whether it's, you know, um, having a creative outlet, whatever it might be, if you can articulate that positive impact, then I think you're, you're well on the way to, um, you know, to, you might say, have Having energy to get up every day to keep, yeah. you know, to keep doing things that are amazing. But look, had I mean, I'd, I'd applaud what you're saying, and, and I'd agree with what you're saying. But I'd like to challenge you a bit further. What, what do you say, you know, to somebody who's got? I know you've got a couple of young kids, um, mm. and but your sort of entry into business is 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 quite unique. I mean, it's 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 you've you've come through a, a path. That uh, you know a very um, very clear path. It's we've you've come with. I mean, innovation just sounds like it's it's just sort of belting through your, uh, you know, every, coursing through your veins all the time. But somebody, some imagine a member of our community now running a business by themselves. Their priority is to kind of get food on the table. You know, mm. young family possibly need to bring in a certain amount of revenue, get food on the table. What do we say to them? How do we say, well, just shift, you know, how do we shift focus whilst also being well aware of this, this kind of, this hot button, this thing that's maybe keeping us awake at night? So and and I don't want to pretend I don't get kept awake at night thinking about cash flow and you know we've got well okay that's, all that I guess stuff, that's probably you know, what I so, wanted to hear um, yeah I, look I think you know anyone in the small business uh, knows very well that you know you see the clock ticking and you mm. um, you know absolutely appreciate that really I think it, first of all it depends on on really uh, you know whether you have a, um, a clarity of the business model or not i actually yeah, okay. it's interesting i saw a speech recently um which talked about the difference between them they called it a startup and a small business yeah. and a startup is a business that doesn't actually really know its business model yet mm. right it's experimenting it's tinkering it's trying to understand where the product market fit yep. might be right and um a small business is when when this you know sometimes where you've emerged from that and you actually are very clear about the business model yeah um, some small businesses start away straight away with a business model, say a hairdressing, um, sure. you know, salon doesn't know what its business model is. It's, mm. you know, we attract people, they get their hair cut and we earn revenue, yep. right? It's got a very, so in some ways you say that's not a startup. Um, I'm not sure, you know, delivering haircuts via the internet, that would probably be something where you don't quite <laughs> know what the business model is. Yep. But that that's the first distinction, I mm. think. And, and the difference is, you know, it's often one of risk. Yeah, you know, I'm in the startup space, which for me it's a very risky proposition because we're, you know, we're starting new business models around giving networks. We're mm. taking, you know, we want to um, disrupt uh, parcel delivery in Australia. We think that there's yep. a much better way of doing it than lining up at the post office with and and, and doing it through Sendle. So we're we're taking some significant risk, and I'm yep. 
very fortunate I have the backing of my wife who, who we've talked hard about this, that, mm. you know, I'll be the one who's taking risk and, and, and she's not at the moment. Right. <laughs> but I think for if you, if, you know, if it's all about putting food on the table, that's the real question. You know, how, how much risk do you want to yes, accept? Okay. And, you know, are you in a startup or, or indeed, you know, do you have clarity around your business model? Mm. And if you have good clarity around the business model and you're starting to get traction in the marketplace, you know, those are good indicators. Yeah, okay. Look, I think that's a good response. And, and you know, your wife, as you say, she's taking the risk. I mean, you know, risk number one was marrying you, by the sounds of it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and I guess that, that's a, that, that is a very important thing is that, is that as, as business owners, you know, we need to be clear. If we're going to take a risk, well, okay, what's the, um, you know, how are we going to shore things up? How are we going to make sure there's enough food on the table? And maybe I, I guess what you've, you know, in the, in the way that you've done it with, um, Sendle, which you know, perhaps the word accidental isn't necessarily one you would use. It nonetheless, it, it came out of two share, but wasn't necessarily in those early two share conversations. So I guess part of it for us is to have the confidence, maybe to start something and to have a, a very clear vision as to what that thing is that we're starting, but also just to live with a degree of uncertainty in the early days, isn't it? Like not sure necessarily what this is going to move into. Uh, absolutely, Robert. And I think it's about embracing that uncertainty a bit as mm -hmm. well if you're going down that startup path because if you, you know, we, we had to listen. You know, we were listening, we were watching and learning over and over again. Even TwoShare itself has been through a few iterations where we've yeah. tried to learn hard from, from the members of our community around what they wanted. Mm. And and I think, you know, uncertainty, you know, on it, it, the the other way of calling uncertainty is flexibility, right? They're, yeah. they're sort of two sides of the same coin. Mm. If you're very, very certain uh, and this is the way you're going to go and, and, and again, you know, there comes a point in every business where it needs to just say, okay, this is our business model. We're going to put the foot down on the accelerator and off we go. Mm. But what happens is the trade-off from that is that you, you might miss opportunities or you might, you know, not see things that are coming. And, and, and that's the, you know, for me it's always about being open Again, at this stage of our business, mm. it's being open to opportunities, and yep. then later on, we'll be, you know, focusing really, really hard. Mm. Okay. Now, interestingly, um, I just I'd love to get your take on this. Uh, we are where where I live in Sydney. We have uh, council chuckout happening next week, and so what a very familiar sight in our suburb now are printers and IKEA furniture and mm. white plastic chairs mounting up on you know on the curbside. What's your view of that? Can two share help? I mean, that that must just you must hate that. You must hate seeing that. Look, I frankly, I mean, our business is about reuse, so yeah. I, I I like seeing it if it's finding a new home. Mm. Um, you know, as long as there hasn't been a storm. I think there was a storm in Sydney yesterday. Yes, maybe uh, a mess you know, in the street. so makes a mess, and you know, electronics and things like that. I I hate seeing stuff that was perfectly good mm. suddenly being ruined because there wasn't a more efficient way of doing it. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. We are that that stuff, that process, right? Also costs councils a fortune. We've been cool. talking with councils, and and of course that just means ratepayers have to pay. Mm. So while it feels like it's free to put it out on the street, somebody's paying, or you're paying for mm. it. And so for us, you know, really the, we just think there is a better way for for a lot of it. Mm. Um, some of it, unfortunately. It probably is going to, you know, it's been held on for too long. You know, it's yep. an iPhone version one or whatever it might be. Yes, you know, and it's yes. just, it's no longer, you know, it's pretty much dead. Yeah. But, um, you know, some of it, you know, the quicker 
once you've finished with it, that you can find a new home, mm. the better. Yeah. And the more, um, the, the other interesting thing is, from your perspective, you know, there's a whole lot of opportunity there for you to have a have a connection with somebody that that really wants it. Yeah. You know, and 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 yes, you know, somebody might have come and, and taken it, and that's great. It'd be great if they left a little note saying thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, but that's what we want to try to take is turn that into the digital world. Fine. So. Well, look, I think to say I think the timing of our talk is uh, is very good because the end of the year, you know, we 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 tend to. Uh, talk with our community a fair bit about clearing clutter and uh, getting ready for the, the year ahead and uh, what a great way that we can do it now with two share so look um another couple of questions i'd like to ask you as you mentioned before you know you're the you're the parent a couple of young boys three and three and four i believe mm-hmm. um and you're you're doing a lot of work how do you how do you maintain a healthy balance between work and play do you have any particular tips or secrets that you follow yeah, Robert, it's a, it's a great question because I think it's always a struggle. There's never, never enough time in the day, um, and I think the the first thing that that my wife and I do is we're we're very clear about um, a few boundaries. Right. You know, for example, we'll always have dinner with the kids. We'll always, you know, we we we, we basically have to become very very scheduled right. around when we're going to spend time or or not. Um, you know, the kids hopefully don't see that, but we're always, you know, we, we, we sit down and, and actually, you know, plot out the week to make sure that we're spending the time that we want to with them. Okay. So a lot um, of organizing in the background <clears throat> that, um, that these, these very centered and relaxed parents are doing that the kids don't see. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> okay. but, you know, that's, and that's part of, you know, just, um, you know, I guess spending the time you know that mm. that planning so that you can do planning right you know yeah. it's, what do they say if, if i um you know uh, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree mm. i'm going to spend the first four hours sharpening the sword Quite it's chopping right. the axe you know that yes. sort of stuff so you have to yes. plan okay. i think the second one was we we actually um before we started uh to share and now sendle mm. we actually did sit down together for, for quite a, a bit of time. We were on sabbatical at the same time and we, yep. we actually wrote a 10-year sort of aspirational plan for the family. And, oh, and and for us it was, yeah, it was interesting. We we sort of worked out in our plan, this is, you know, that were sort of 10 areas that were important to us, uh, you know, kids, relationship, family, um, you know, finances, career, learning, uh um, sustainability, you know, a few, a few like that. So mm. we actually worked out I think all you these covered scenarios. most of them there. Uh, yeah, there's a few more that I missed, but right. <laughs> health, health's a good one. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was really, what do we want to be? What do we want to have achieved in ten years over those areas, or mm. what, what's what's our vision for those areas? But then realizing very clearly, you're not going to be able to pursue all of them at once. Mm. And you know, there's an old saying: you you can have it all, just not all at the same time. Yep. Um, and and then trying to to explicitly identify what the trade offs might be and what we weren't willing to trade off. And and if you can do that, then you can. For us, you know, it's really fascinating what what suddenly becomes less important. Mm. Um, and you know, the, basically, my day is filled up with at the moment work and kids, and then you know, uh, and, and, and relationship and then, you know, working out the other small bits that I can fit in on the sites and, but just being really clear around what they might be. Mm, okay. Um, and so a 10 year plan, how often do, do you then review that? Uh, we, we go away together every year. Um, you know, again, which I'm lucky we're both total nerds. Um, <laughs> just, uh, you know, really sort of say, okay, how are we going? Right. And it's good, a good time okay. to take, you know, take stock and understand what's happening. We can also review it 
sort of you know in situ. Yep. Um, but but it's good to sort of give yourself these moments to say, okay, how are we traveling? You know, are we doing the, what we said we wanted to do? Right, brilliant. And tell me, the um, your two boys are they they growing up as little nerds or a bit early to tell? Oh, too early to Is tell. It? We'll see. Too early. Oh, they they do love Lego. I must say. And Star Wars. So I think that probably answers it, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's pretty well home and house there. Okay, well, look, James, my final question to you, then I'll, I'll let you get on with your day. Um, who has been the greatest influence on you and what did they teach you? That's a tough one. Because um, it's funny, I had this sort of uh, philosophy in life that, you know, your, your job is to learn a little bit from everybody. Right. Um, you know, there's, a, there's. I, I like the saying. Mm. There's no, there's no uninteresting people. There's only uninterested people. Mm. And and you do have a have an opportunity to learn from everybody you meet. Yeah. I think if I was to think about the the, the greatest influences in my life, um, I mean, the first I'd have to say was my parents. Yeah. Um, you know, this is and, and mainly because I think they taught me, they they taught me how to learn. Mm. Um, and and that's the greatest gift I think anyone can give their children is mm. you know the the you know how to learn and and the you know the the interest and curiosity and um, you know the the um, the way to, to bring in new knowledge. Mm. Um, they also taught me, uh, I think, you know, some some very important values of um, you know helping people. Um, yep. You know, I, it's funny when I was thinking about what I I find myself saying to my kids the things that my parents said to of me. Course. And just go, <laughs> you know, so I think that's that's really fundamental. Yeah, they, probably the other, a, they probably had a ten year plan that you didn't know anything about. They probably did. Mm. I'll have to go and ask them. <laughs> yeah. um, and and then I think my wife, you know, she keeps mm, me like grounded, that. which is lovely. That's and, very lovely. And I keep learning from her every day as well. Fantastic. Well, look, um, James Bradfield Moody, thank you very much for spending your time with the Flying Solo community. We'll go along and have a look at Two Share. We'll also check out Sandal. And um, thank you very much for, for sharing your time with us. Thanks for having me, Robert. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.